Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to episode of Living Light Outdoors on the mic with you. It's story time, story time with Buster, a white stone. We're getting into chapter 16. Just to give you a little recap where we left off in 15, Train is on his way back to the hospital to meet with the lady that's in the hospital named Crystal. Remember, she's pretty venomous, got a lot of venom in her heart. She knows Train's coming. She's searched for him, found him, had him called for. He's coming back. So he spent some time with the Lord. He really is going to make an impact here, but he needed he needed the Spirit of the Lord to follow with him. So here we go into chapter 16, and as always, we'll begin with From Our Father's Heart. Wealth, power, fame, all fall pale next to my glory. Begin to see my glory as something tangible and real in your life, not simply a word, an entity beyond reach for you. My glory is coming back to my people. Surrender fully to what I am doing in your life, and you will be a part of what I am doing in the end times. Your only hope is my presence. The world and all of its wisdom is soon to pass away. Do not be distracted by how powerful it seems. It is all a lie. All is moving toward an end I have determined. Do not be fooled. Only in me is there peace. Only in me is there the power to overcome. Submit to what I am doing, and you will be safe. Romans chapter 12, verse 2 beginning in chapter 16 of White Stone. Turn away my eyes from beholding vanity, idols, and idolatry, and restore to me vigorous life and health in your ways. That's Psalms 119.37, sorry. Romans 12.2 says, Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Sally Bracken busied herself tidying up the loose ends of the day, at least she had, she had heard from Tom, she thought, as she deposited one of Becky's new outfits on a hanger and tried to make room for it in her already bursting at the seams walk-in closet. Shopping was always good therapy for her, and with the uncertainty of Tom's well-being, even though Pastor Wickham felt all was well, she needed to buy something. It made her feel better. Whether she needed to buy all that she did was another matter, but it did make the day go faster. And now Tom's recent phone call put her, in my, put her mind totally at ease. Something was different about him, though. Her spirit quietly prompted as she went about her business. Brewing a cup of herb tea and stirring it mindlessly, she began to reflect on the events of her life. Maybe recalling some fond memories would relieve this unusual feeling in her spirit. Why did she have this sense of melancholy all of a sudden? What made her decide to take an accounting of who she had become? The steaming bath water from the gold dolphin-shaped faucet rushed down the side of the large marble tub and formed pools of reflecting color as it joined the bath oils. Sally sat pensively on the satin upholstered dressing chair, moving to the mirrored wall above the matching marble vanity. She looked at herself, wondering if she really knew the person looking back at her. Who was she, really? Wife of an extremely successful, successful architect? Very successful and sought-after fashion designer? Honor student, the head of cheerleader who married the quarterback, someone from wealthy upbringing, president of the local parents for better education, participant and chairperson of most missionaries for the preservation of morality events, still quite pretty, even if she did have to say so herself, good, involved mother. Yes, that all was true. But it, But is this who God's really purposed me to be? she asked herself as she submerged herself up to her neck in the bubbly, perfumed reverie. If she could do it all over, would she do it the same way? 
Better still, if each move in her life were absent of any personal motive, pure in its intent, holy and content, would she be where she is now? A strong feeling of shame came over her as she compared the elegance of her existence to the harshness of the slivered cross borne by her Savior. She and Tom were good stewards of what God had given him. They gave their 10% to the church and gave to others, praying before they did so, uh, so that their money wasn't misused. Surely he didn't expect everyone to live exactly as he did, giving everything away, did he? I mean, he lived in another day, another time, when there was no choice, right? But then again, could she defend her style of living, all of her actions, if Jesus was with her every day? Suddenly, Sally realized that during the time that Train had stayed with them, she had spent most of her time apologizing for having so much in comparison to him. She asked him not to be uncomfortable and even made sure he knew that she had not paid too much for anything he saw. She had done her homework and had gotten good deals on each item. Why was she so defensive? Why did she always feel a need to justify her wealth and how much they owed in front of this humble man of God? He didn't seem to do or say anything that warranted that kind of behavior. In fact, he was most cordial and appreciative of even the least gesture of hospitality. Why did she feel as if she were being exposed in the front of some great light, somewhat embarrassed by what was revealed? Sally began to realize that she had gotten into the pattern of looking past needs when they came her way. I can't be responsible for everyone, she told herself. Lord, what are you trying to show me? She said out loud as she dressed for bed. If you are trying to get through to me, help me to see what it is. Knowing her mind was simply too alert to allow her to sleep, Sally went into the library to find a good book to read. That's unusual, she thought, as she picked up a book that was lying in the middle of the floor, directly in front of the door, in his steps, an experiment in how Jesus would walk if he were here today, she read. Boy, what a coincidence, was her thought as she turned back toward her bedroom and settled in to read. Her unseen protectors glanced knowingly at one another, signifying mission accomplished, as they silently transported themselves back to their positions to await further orders. Whew, I'd say she just had an encounter with the heavenlies right there. God's setting her up for something. Sally obviously being Tom's wife. I thought we were headed back to see Crystal in the hospital, which we'll get to that, I'm sure. But always the little interlude to add on to the story is Sally, too, is now questioning, maybe not necessarily her motives, but her walk with the Lord. Is it as deep as it should be? Is she who God's called her to be? Man, what a question for all of us tonight. I would ask that you reflect on that as well as we head off into this weekend. Find a house of God to worship in tomorrow, a fire-breathing, Holy Spirit-filled atmosphere where God can speak into you on these last days. What is it that He's asking of you that maybe we've been putting off? Maybe we need to open our minds and our hearts and say, God, here am I. Send me. Use me in whatever way possible. Amen. God bless you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for following along on our podcast and our story time. I hope it intrigues you as much as it does me. And I've already read this book at least once. So know that we love you and we're so thankful for all your support, all your prayers. This has been a, a grueling couple of weeks, but God has seen us through. We are overcoming and we are moving forward, pressed down, shaking together, and running over. God is pouring in his spirit. And, and we thank you for being a part of that. God bless you. 
Tune in tomorrow for a great message as we bring you a message from the road. Imitators of God is what I've got on my desk. We'll see what he does. Amen. God bless you. We love you. We'll talk to you again real soon.